0: Welcome to Mariner Monday, a special Mariner's episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Boyd. Joining me today will be Phil Smiraldo. Phil and I actually recorded this episode a few weeks ago as we were doing our wrap-up segments for this uh, joyous Mariner's season. Um, and this one part of it was, was talking about some superlatives for the Mariner's prospects. Um, this will come out the day after the World Series. Congrats to either the Houston Astros or Washington Nationals. Uh don't know who's gonna win that game yet, but either way, teams that are much, much farther ahead in their development process than the Mariners are. But that's okay. Uh this podcast is about the guys that will be a part of the Mariners future. So it'll be a nice uh nice thing to be optimistic about um right after you watch two teams that seemingly have their shit together a lot better than the M's do. Uh be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out Phil's restaurant, um any of the locations, uh Carmines in Bellevue, Il Torazzo Carmine in uh in Seattle. Uh, an intermezzo right there in Pioneer Square as well. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Um, all right, let's do some superlatives. Uh, a good a section of any good yearbook. Um, best, most likely, things like that. Uh, but we're just doing this for the prospects. Uh, okay, most likely to make an all star team. Uh, of the Mariners prospects um, hopefully that there are multiple of these but uh, if you had to bet your life on it um, most I likely to bet to, my
1: life on one of them
0: to make an all-star team or or maybe of them who is the the first guy to make an all-star team from, from oh, that oh okay that actually changes that changes my answer a little bit because I don't want to live in a reality where only one of those guys makes an all-star team that would that would be sad
1: well okay I'll give you my most likely to make an all-star team okay most likely, and then I'll give you the guy I think would make the All Star team first. Okay. Most likely, I'm gonna have to go with Jared Kellenick. Not that I don't think Julio is gonna do it, but Jared just feels like so much safer of a bet, a lot higher floor, a lot more polish. Whereas Julio has just the raw skills through the roof.
0: I think, uh, yeah, Kelenic really was uh, just an incredible, basically exactly what you would want um, as a Mariners fan tracking his his uh, his season this year he went to, three levels went three levels starts starts in in uh in single a and gets uh up to high a and up to to double a did I miss a level in there
1: no you got all of them.
0: okay uh but yeah he ends up in, in double a arkansas uh as a 20 year old his ops actually went up going up against stiffer competition um in playing against it, the highest level he's ever played in in his career uh which is just really really exciting the some of the other numbers went down as he got up there but his ability to hit hit for power hit into the gaps um, and get on base, um, was still on full display at that level, which is awesome. Uh, you said Julio finished in high A Modesto. Um, he in there, he had 65 at bats, 30 hits, uh, mm-hmm. was in OPS is like in the bond zone. Um, he was mashing by the end of the year. He probably did not want the, the year to be over. Um, well, and
1: the year's not over for him right now. He's in the still, Arizona Fall League. Still in Fall yeah. League.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was and that he just was, made the
1: Fall League All-Star team.
0: For his first season in, in American baseball, uh, could it have possibly gone better?
1: It couldn't have. It could, well, the only thing is he hurt his wrist, and he had True. to sit out a few games. But other than that, he couldn't have had a better year. It's not possible. The way he elevated through the ranks... It was, it was just, it was unbelievable.
0: Who would your, uh, your first, first guy to make an all-star team from the, from the, the cool kids, the prospect bunch uh, of the Mariners. And by that, I mean the, the Kellinix the Cal Raleigh, Evan White, Gilbert, Kyle Lewis, uh, those guys.
1: Logan Gilbert. I think that's the first guy to make because he's going to be up next year mm-hmm. at some point point that Depoto's already said unless something disastrous goes on he'll be up with the team at some point next year which means 2021 will be his you know first full season so by 2022 you're looking at him being you know a mainstay in the rotation and by that point that's probably Kellinick's first full season so he's got a year on Mm Kellinick so and I think I believe in
0: Logan a lot some uh some Gilbert stats here because they're all really really good. Seven home runs allowed in 135 minor league innings. Uh, less home runs per nine than some of the best arms in the game, including uh his fellow Stetson alum here, uh, Jacob Degrom. So a guy who is he's been compared to a lot because of his size, uh, in Degrom and obviously where he went to college. Uh, I have
1: a stump, Brandon, right now. Uh oh. Can you name another Well, You probably got this. Can you Kluber. name the other? All yeah yeah okay you got
0: it. Yeah, just just from Jerry Depoto. It's crazy that
1: Stetson, just his small little school, has put out like Dude, three, college, very, college quality arms.
0: College baseball makes no sense. It's I know. it's it's just a barren wasteland, or not a barren wasteland, but the the programs like Cal State Fullerton is amazing, and you know just these it's national. Yeah, it, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Gilbert Rodriguez uh, and Kellanake, especially Gilbert, really not having a, a rookie minor league season, uh, performing as well as he did was uh, was really really nice. Um, most changed since freshman year. This is the, uh, the kind of backhanded compliment, um, superlative found in a lot of your books. It's like, dude, you were pretty ugly back then, but, uh, now everyone thinks you're hot. Um, who's, <laughs> who is your, who is your, uh, superlative for most changed since freshman year, most growth as a prospect, um, if we're putting it in baseball terms.
1: I'll give you the guy who was in danger of falling off prospect list entirely, who has revitalized his status as a prospect. Joe Rizzo, he okay. was the second round pick um, in the same draft as Kyle Lewis, but he was in—he was a high school kid, so he's—he's he's about the same age now as a guy like Logan Gilbert. So he's young. He's still very young. Um, but he could not hit for his first two full seasons. Uh, in in uh, in minor league ball, and he really didn't have a position. And he was, I think, coming into this year, he was you know in the mid 30s as a as a prospect for the Mariners. And this year, he just won the Gold Glove in High a Modesto at third base. And he put up, um, let's see, what his he put up average. I know batting average is a bad um, indicator, but you know it's always good ballpark. He put up a two seventy batting average uh and and uh let's see how many home runs he had here how many home runs did you have joe 10 homers which was more than he had in any season before that he went 27704 and then 10 this year and he put excuse me his 295 average 354 on base percentage 423 slugging for a 777 OPS in a league that is not easy to hit so he really revitalized his uh his status so to speak, as a as a prospect in the system.
0: Good one. That's a that's a deep cut, deeper than I was going to go. I said uh, for Shed Long, um, who went from as he came out of high school as a catcher um, to kind of the narrative on him once the Mariners acquired him for Josh Dowers. I think was the hope was that this guy can kind of be a utility guy, play in the outfield a little bit, um, infield guy, someone that you you know every good team needs. Uh, but by the end of the year, seeing him hit. Uh, now it's gone to like, do we have Brandon Phillips in our farm system right now because yeah he looks great
1: pump. yeah he felt like he felt like a lot like that,
0: yeah, uh, so seeing him go kind of perform better than expected, and especially because he's older and so you his his major league results matter more uh than a guy right. like Kyle Lewis's does
1: right. Uh, it's kind of like said, it's now it's time to it's time to really start picking your 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 pro career into into high gear if you're gonna stick exactly because you're you're gonna start running out of chances. It's gonna get late early, as they say.
0: most likely to make his major league debut for a team that's not the Mariners. And I feel that you know every every kind of uh, championship run or once the Mariners feel that it is time um to to push the chips in that'll come at the cost of a prospect being flipped for a major league ready player, bullpen arm, closer, whatever it takes. Um is there anyone like that, that that you kind of have earmarked for something like that or is that uh maybe a guy that's like in in this year's upcoming draft?
1: No, honestly, I I would probably say like George Kirby. Like he's probably that he was the for those who don't remember, he was the first round pick of the Mariners this year. Right. But he he's You know he's on the back end of that window, and if the Mariners are in win now mode, and George Kirby is the number one guy in their farm system, which he probably will be at the time that they're like, okay, we gotta, you know, we gotta make sure our major league roster is ready to compete. They, they, I very well could see them shipping him out for like one final finishing piece.
0: It does feel too from almost a I would hate that or wouldn't think that the the narrative would be pushed, but it really does seem. That the success of this this year's Arkansas Double A team, and just kind of that group, and how much effort this management regime has put into keeping that group together, and bringing some of those guys up to watch the big league team towards the end of the year, uh, that there really has been a lot of investment in those guys being a part of the plan. So a guy like Evan White is is your first baseman of the future. It's right, not like Evan right. White is a prospect. It's like no, we're we're pretty set on him. Um, and they can, you know, already start visualizing him in a Mariners Jersey. Um, so, you know, you don't want, you want to be more flexible than that, but it does kind of feel like, um, all the guys that you're seeing at this double a level and maybe in this year's draft class are, are the ones that we'll see, um, for the inevitable push.
1: Now, could you see, let's say, what do you do in this scenario? Tom Murphy is, you know, has another year next year in a full time role, similar to how he did this year. And then all of a sudden, you have a relatively young catcher with Cal Raleigh, right on his right on his heels. What do you do with that right there?
0: Well, let me uh, do some hard hitting reporting here and click on Tom Murphy to figure out how old he is because that, that makes a, a huge difference. <laughs> Tom Murphy is twenty eight. Um,
1: so he's he's in the same Mitch Haniger window, not too old to be part of the the current team.
0: Yeah, I I think. That this organization probably would have learned their lesson with the chips all in on one guy thing with catching. <laughs> I um, was
1: gonna say similar. I think it's totally reasonable to keep both of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that you you kind of burn out Murphy or Novaez, Although it'd be probably Murphy um, until Raleigh's ready. And another lesson this organization should have learned is is uh, the importance of getting those those minor league reps. Um, and yeah, how, don't
1: rush your catcher. Yeah,
0: Mike Zanino's career may have may or may not have been. Uh, ruined before it even started by how quickly he was brought up to the majors for um for for pressures that, that didn't really uh didn't really end up mattering in his career. So um I would imagine that that uh, Cal Raleigh stays down there until he's he's good and ready, like a like a nice nice quiche. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made a quiche in my life. Uh, quiche is <laughs> good. good. Okay, on Come over to
1: my place. I'm gonna have you and Abby over to my place one of these days, and I'm gonna make a nice dinner.
0: You're gonna come out to the North End, and I've already, i already thought about this. Uh, you come out to the North End in Boston. You expense the trip as an R and D trip to, uh, to, to take into. It. I
1: was telling you about it. There's good Italian out
0: there. That, of course, there is. There's great Italian out yeah. here. Um, and and you, you Being just a great Italian, It's Christopher Columbus Day is today. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you might get us <laughs> shut down. Uh yeah but you you pluck some good oh, recipes Oh yeah I forgot
1: that that's out of vogue now.
0: Maybe out of vogue. Christopher Columbus is not a great Italian.
1: Well okay have you ever seen The Sopranos? No. Okay well there's an episode where like they get all the maybe they, these guys aren't the guys I should look to be my idols because they're mobsters in the show. But uh there's an episode where they like are so pissed me- because like they changed the name of Christopher Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, which actually you know it was happening around that time that that was you know the Sopranos tried to mimic like real life goings on. It was just it was a really funny episode. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's on my list of shows to to uh, to endeavor upon. Uh, but if I do that, then you have to start Succession, and that's that's just I will. That's just will. being fair. Um, anyways. Most likely to end, weirdly end up hot, um, Prospect, basically. The, I have a good answer to this one. Yeah, uh, go for it.
1: Okay, so I, because I've had a lot of time to think about girls who weirdly ended up hot from mm. high school. I bet a lot of people won't even know this name. Do you remember Sam Carlson? Uh,
0: did she go to your high school or is this a Prospect? This is a Prospect. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't okay
1: Sam know. Carlson was the in the second round pick in the draft that uh, produced Evan White and most scouts saw you know uh, Sam Carlson as a top 15 prospect, but he fell to the second round because of signability concerns. that's why if you remember the Mariners drafted Evan White above where his projection was uh, and signed him under slot so they could go over slots to get Sam Carlson. Carlson had a really, really, really good first year in the in the organization and was, like, top, top – I think he topped out at, like, number seven in the organizational rankings for a kid right out of high school. That's incredible. And then, you know, he had to get Tommy John surgery the next year, and he basically lost two years because of that. Mm. Um, but he's healthy now. I've been, you know, following his progress on Instagram and Twitter and whatever, you know, other ways you, you can keep up with these guys because, you know, there's not great coverage on him. Uh, When they're in the minors, but he he's he is one of those guys who I think has the potential to be a really fast riser in the organization and a guy who comes out of nowhere um, and really solidifies the rotation on on par with guys like, let's say, he'd probably be a little bit ahead of George Kirby and a little bit behind mm, like Justin Dunn.
0: I like it. Uh, another note about Sam Carlson is that he's actually hot, very good-looking kid. Um, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, yeah. uh, I picked another Sam for this one, and probably a Sam that would, uh, who has a name that would put him on the Sopranos cast. Uh, Sam yeah. Sa- Sam Delaplane, twenty-four-year-old right-hander uh, who allowed all of twenty-two batters on in thirty-seven innings in Double A Arkansas, was was nails once he got up there towards the end of the year. Um, guy who's and he not, came
1: out of nowhere too.
0: Guy who's not being talked about a lot, but a, a guy who, with his age and with his success, I think is a guy that might be on this uh, in this bullpen next year.
1: Yeah, and I think he was a mid twenties round draft pick. Let's see what 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 year was he drafted? Eastern Michigan Delaplane, yeah, Delaplane was a day three drafty, so that was in the late twenties. So anytime you can get. Any sort of contribution from a guy after the tenth round, you got to consider that a huge, huge, huge win. And for him to be as good this year with uh, Arkansas as he was, and basically being the de facto closer in a um, in a Arkansas Travelers bullpen, that pretty much every single one of those guys has a big league future. That's saying a lot about him.
0: Yeah, a guy that uh, anytime you get the, the the Jerry Depoto brings you up in a podcast uh, treatment, your ears have to perk up. But uh, but when you take a little bit. Longer looking. So,
1: do you think all those guys listen to the to the wheelhouse and they're like, "Oh shit, I hope he mentions me, or I hope he doesn't mention me, or something like that"? I think
0: every sub twenty four year old in in the Mariners uh farm system looks at Jerry Depoto as like a like a a deity of some sort because he right. he, he holds the keys to their to their future.
1: Like he's um, yeah, he's like their like he talk about like. You know, you have a boss. I have like landlords and stuff like that. <laughs> and you know, they they make they make our lives difficult. But nobody in our lives makes our matters as much to our life in our uh, not our life, but our let's just say our careers. Does Jerry Depoto matters to those kids? Like, you know what
0: I mean? Does Jerry Depoto matter more to Sam Carlson or, than uh Yelp user? Bellevue guy six four one five uh, <laughs> matter to you?
1: <laughs> I mean, Bel- if Bellevue guy one six four four probably will piss me off more than Jerry Depoto will piss off these kids. But I-, I just can't imagine what that would feel like to know that like my whole professional career and potentially millions and millions and millions of dollars are in the hands of like some guy I hardly know.
0: Yeah, um, and you're just trusting that that uh, he is. Um, not Bill Bavacey, right? Cause like you want right. a really good GM who knows, knows what your value is and can, um, like how many, support how, you. many
1: how many, how many guys' careers never even got the chance to get started because Bill Bavacey or some, <laughs> some, some inhibitor into their him, success. Yeah. See, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, it's basically like, you know, not every prospect that's like some reclamation pro- projects, uh, you know get is is that lucky like Jose Altuve right. you run his career through a simulation 50 times he might only be Jose Altuve that we know three of those because of just right and sets. it takes a
1: it takes an organization like the Astros to be able to get him to that top tier of his ceiling you know
0: real quick most likely to have peaked in high school the prospect that you're most worried about
1: prospect i'm most worried about I was going back and forth between two of these guys here. But I'm going to go with Justice Sheffield.
0: Mm, Good one.
1: Watching him this year, he has some really encouraging things going on. He has a really good developing changeup that we saw more and more as the season wore on. His slider is already amongst the game's best. But his fastball is in the – I don't even know how to say this. The first percentile? First percentile, I guess, in spin rate. (laughs) Which mm. means, like, it doesn't spin. His fastball does not spin. It Hittable doesn't appear to go faster adjective. than it is. Pretty much dead straight and flat. And he throws that pitch sixty percent of the time. So I mean, it's not—it's not good. And he not—that's not even speaking about the control issues that he has. Uh, I could easily, easily envision a future, and not—it's not a bad future. But I could envision a future where he is a high leverage reliever. And I know that would—that would be a disappointment. In a lot of ways, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you get a higher leverage or reliever, I could see that still being okay. But that whole package—the whole Eric Swanson, Justice Sheffield package—is the package that I'm most concerned about in, in totality.
0: Before. Yeah, uh, for a guy in in James Paxton, the results notwithstanding, started uh, a playoff game um, in Game Two mm-hmm. for 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 the Yankees. So um, yeah, well, returns are are interesting on that one. Even even just uh, Sheffield's ride of having to go back down to double-A. I know he was very successful there, but just from a confidence perspective, um, not a great sign that, that that had to happen at any point this year. Um, but, I mean, if it, it was probably ultimately the right move to get him back on track where he was starting to mow guys down in double-A, but that was not uh, not the trajectory you wanted him to be on um, with this season. Looking ahead to next year, what did DePoto's comments on the wheelhouse and in other sources uh, clue you about what this offseason is going to look like. He did say, I think the big the big point in the wheelhouse there was um, that don't expect much from a from a transaction perspective uh, that this offseason is going to be about science uh, in development rather than, uh, than acquisitions.
1: This is what... Okay, so I want to answer your question with a question for you. Ooh. And I was thinking about this earlier today. Flip it on me. Now, if I give you two scenarios and mm-hmm. I give you... I give you Franchise A and I give you Franchise B. You have to pick one of these two that you would rather be the fr- fan of, okay? I'm a
0: little bit lenient to Franchise B for obvious reasons, but that's, <laughs> that's just my personal bias showing.
1: Okay, so Franchise A has the best science, biometric, analytics department in all of baseball. They, they are like on the cutting edge. Um, the, as good as you can be in all of that Strength and conditioning uh, All of it, whatever, you name it in, in that aspect But they have a payroll in the bottom third Of all of baseball Not like Tampa Bay Rays bad But like still in the bottom third mm-hmm. Or would you rather be A fan of Franchise B Who every offseason Goes out and acquires a big name Has a lot of money to spend Can do that whole thing Can supplement I'm, if you want to comp like a, a comparison, let's talk about like the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. But their analytics is kind of lagging behind. Let's say even the top half of, of of all baseball teams. Which would you rather have?
0: I think it's it's A. I mean, innovation and your ability to keep up. I think is is more important in how you uh, you know can use money smarter uh, than than in the situation where B. I mean, uh, j- just it's kind of like. <laughs> the Bill Bavese in Option B versus like the the A's of the Rays and behind door number door number one and I right. think over and time I you pick that's you what pick one. Depoto is saying right. Depoto saying like we're gonna be more
1: science based this offseason. We're gonna what he said was we're gonna shop at the polls. We're either gonna go really early or really late to shop for fit or to shop for bargains. But we're not gonna make all these splashy moves right in the middle in December when most of those splashy moves happen.
0: Do you know? Uh, do you know what's definitely not happening this off season? What's that? Hiring Joe Madden.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but even then, I have another question for you. Yes. If, if, if managers, if if there was a a way to evaluate managers based on war, you know, wins above replacement, what do you think? How different? How many wins? How many more wins would a guy like Joe Madden, who's at the top of the profession, have? than let's say an average. Lloyd or, well, let's even say an average guy like Scott Service. How many more wins a season does Joe Madden get you? Like, do you know the answer to that? Because I'm not even sure that I have anywhere to even begin to guess on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably like five, five or six. six. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. Five or say, six, but the, like, the hope is that like even if, that like their true value comes through right now in October because their right, th- their decision right. making is is so, like Joe Girardi was probably still a five or six win guy when the Yankees canned him, um, but his his playoff acumen just wasn't good enough at a certain point, and that's when Boone came in.
1: But I really almost feel like you or I could be a manager in MLB in <laughs> baseball these days. That because, is so like, not true. So-
0: I can so take orders of, from someone and and tell people yeah, that. So
1: but. much of it is just taking orders from like your analytics department, being like, "Hey, look at this guy's stats against this guy, and look at his how he hits against the curveball." And then you know, all it is is just like processing information. It's not even really understanding like intuitive parts of the game anymore. Because I don't now think.
0: Nothing. I don't think you or I have the uh, have the the the. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. We don't have, we don't have the butt for baseball pants. Sorry. Yeah, man. that's true. That's true. <laughs> But, but you, still, you need you, know you what need a large room. Like
1: I'm actually kind of not sure how much a manager matters.
0: That's true. That's true. But I do. I do. Just think from an entertainment perspective, Joe Madden brings a lot to the table. That percent. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, most most don't. Uh, just just the the first time he would bring a shaman into the locker room, I'd be I'd be so happy. Just having having Ryan Div- <laughs> having Ryan Divish have to cover Joe Madden would be would be. Awesome.
1: Um, Okay, here's my last question to you, and I I promise it's my last question to you. I'm asking you a lot of questions right now. That's fine. Do you think, okay, envision the Mariners have now made the playoffs at some indeterminate date. I don't know when. Your answer is going to dictate that. Okay. Is Scott Service the guy that is going out onto the field to make the pitching change?
0: Man, I think he is the Brett Brown of this. The Brett Brown Light meaning he he was the Phillies or not the Phillies uh the, the, Sixers. the Sixers. Yeah, and yeah, still is the Sixers coach uh for better or for worse. But I think that there is although Brett Brown went through a lot more shit than than Scott Service is going to have to. Scott Service is really going to go through one and a half really really lean years in terms of talent and and how bad it got um at the end of, of this last season. Whereas you know, Brett Brown was like playing for a team or coaching a team that had Tony Roden as the starting point guard. Um, so my point there being that that Brown built up a ton of equity with that franchise for for coaching up and coaching hard um, and basically earning his spot, uh, regardless of his his kind of like really high level abilities in the playoffs of like this guy. This I guy's don't follow earned that.
1: basketball that much, but did fans not turn on him at any point?
0: Oh, it, it happened last year. And just, just the, just the, I mean, once you get to a certain point, you have rich people problems. You have, you know, things like why is Joel Embiid um, only taking threes rather, rather than like, wow, Joel Embiid is healthy and playing and is awesome. <laughs> like th- those, those things become um, kind of magnified and, and people stop caring about the feel good part of it. Once, once your team is good. Um, so service, I think, Will get that equity because he survived this long and has been a dutiful soldier for, like you said, for taking orders from DePoto, um, for internalizing control of the zone for, um, for kind of buying in as long as he has. Uh, and if you buy in, then, you know, into buy in, like I'm saying, with what DePoto has preached, then this thing happens in two years. And if that's the case, then, uh, then I think, everything went to plan and that's a lot to do with what scott service did uh but i guess it just depends if like if it's by 2022 or 2023 that it didn't happen and then i think uh something that, would have to change yeah yeah right right and then someone else will will you know jerry depoto will die for for our sins at that point um mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think they're in extri- in ex- or you know intrinsically linked those two yeah um for a lot of reasons
1: you, so you can't ever imagine a scenario where Jerry DeBoto fires Scott <laughs> The, uh,
0: the like Lord of the Rings scenario where they're, they're both, they're both in the, in, uh, in Mount Doom and all, all Frodo has to do is just throw the ring in there and he right. just ter- ter- turns <laughs> his back on Sam, um yeah it, it could happen and i think some something something that we're not accounting for would have to happen other than like just the right. this you know mainstream results some some ownership rift or something would have to happen there um but uh but yeah i mean he might only get one crack at it and it's just a it's a one one game playoff gone bad and that that was it thank you for your service let's go get someone who can actually push us over the top but mm-hmm. um but i do think that uh even just looking here at that that picture of Sam Carlson i'm looking at um, just ever so long- longingly ever since I've seen what this guy looks like. Uh, there's Scott Service. Did I
1: introduce you to him?
0: Well, I mean, I'd seen his name on prospect list, but now I yeah, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: telling you, you're gonna like this guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: but there, there in the Mariners' batting box with him is is uh, is Scott Service, and so you know, just just the he is linked to this development. He's the guy that has been penciled as the guy that's gonna coach these guys up and get them into the you know the major league players who want them to be. So. Yeah, long-winded answer, but I do think that that um, that first run will include Depoto and service. Yeah, but that's just hopeless optimism. Uh, at the same time,
1: I, I I appreciate it. I think I would I'd be inclined to say the same.
0: I do think that this this year, as Depoto has been talking talking about, will or this offseason, I should say, uh, looking for Rule Five guys and basically green cells and spreadsheets. You're looking for who are guys <laughs> on the margins that that might. Might work for us. We can turn them into something um, because of you know wh- whatever they're they're looking for in, you know inefficiencies. Uh, I also think that they're going to still be in the bad contracts game um, in hopes of of flipping those bad contracts. The the Jay Bruce's uh, Encarnacion's, uh the guys who are not a part of, of teams' long term plans and and they just want to get off some money. Uh, Mariners taking those on to uh, to you know turn turn someone's. Someone's rotten apple into a banana. Yeah, a little There's...
1: bit more of that churning on the bottom of the roster that we saw this year.
0: Exactly. Um, that being said, do you expect the Mariners to make a run at any any particular free agent or trade prospects uh, this this off season?
1: I don't. I mean, in terms of like big name free agents, like the ones that you're going to see out there, like uh, the names that are going to get floated are Strasburg, Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon. Uh, Chris Bryant's on the is not a free agent, but he's on the market. Uh, the Cubs are shopping him. Um, I really don't see the Mariners going after any of those. And oh, Francisco Lindor is on the market with Cleveland, um, but I don't see the Mariners going after any of those guys. If anything, I see the Mariners kind of going for uh, somebody kind of in the middle tier, in the middle pack, like a Jake Odorizzi from Minnesota or someone, someone like that, someone who's you know you could probably get for ten million dollars a year who you can sign to a four- or five-year deal relatively inexpensively and hope to grow them and crest them with the rest of, of, of the wave that's coming.
0: And we'll see, too, how this market looks. I mean, last year was was waiting forever for, for the shoe to drop yeah. with, with guys to so sign. Bad. So if there's that same type of thing going on, as, as shitty as it is for players, where their their value is just so depressed and, um, and you, know, you can get value for cheap, um then they might just say hey why not let's let's get into this even if that wasn't their original plan um so I'll I'll leave you this with this and then we'll get to your state of the union to say goodbye to everybody here uh if we have an emergency pod in december it is because what has happened
1: what has happened i was thinking about this one for a long long time what has happened to the mariners to make them have this sort of like state of the union ad, uh, like, or like that we need to have like this, this emergency. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be a trade this year. It's going to be something, it's going to be something like an injury or like something that we wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? Because the Mariners are not going to make some big trade this year. There's a, There's, there's nobody. nobody to, there's nobody left to trade unless you can like us trading Domingo Santana. Is not going to uh, not going to warrant the emergency pod. Mm. But the Mariners are also not going to trade Jared Kelen Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Lewis, any of those guys because that doesn't line up with their whole philosophy that they've been stating for the last year. So it's not going to be a trade. So it's got to be something like someone's going to feel a little elbow tightness or something like that where we're going to our minds.
0: some some Drew Smiley soggy arm.
1: Oh is that okay it could it could be something like that you know what i mean but it's and it's not going to be a free agent what do you think we could have an emergency pot about this year i
0: don't i don't think it's anything um unless unless something from a baseball perspective is is super macro that that deserves our attention right um, it would
1: have to be something out like it would have to be like something like tony batista who's like this the uh labor union the C, the guy who's leading the players players unionist what do they call that the players rep yeah yeah he would have to be like, we're striking, like a hundred percent, we're going on strike. Then that would be what I could see a warning an emergency pod.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that this is going to be a uh, a fairly calm um, offseason for the for for the Mariners, but uh, maybe maybe a flurry of very small transactions that won't have effects until years down the road. But um, but yeah, not not to the level we had last year, where it seemed like it was every other week. But once, like,
1: you look at a guy like. Uh, Brandon Brennan, who was a Rule Five guy, and you know he's going to be on the team for a while, so you know they could find people like that. And but it's not, yeah, like I said, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be anything earth-shattering like Cano moving and Segura moving and Zanino yeah. moving and Paxton moving.
0: Yeah, yeah, should uh, should should be pretty tame. Uh, all right, Phil, this is it. This is your uh, state At of the Mariners. The yes, I, you know you have the the. Stack of papers in front of you. You stack them twice against the uh, against the top of the podium. You get them all flushed What's up. What's my
1: approval rating right
0: now? Shitty, like thirty four percent. Uh yeah, lots of lots of uh, inappropriate uh, remarks <laughs> and and allegations. Just <laughs> you're, the, you're the first president to to demand uh, that he has that he should be able to smoke cigarettes during interviews. Uh, <laughs> doesn't see anything wrong with that. Nobody knows how you got elected. A lot of grafts. Uh, it's 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 ugly, but you have the nation's attention. So in
1: war zone right now. I'm <laughs> yes. <in> a... <laughs> okay. Well, I've got to say, like, if you are still tuning in and caring and listening to the Mariners right now, you are somebody who, like me and you, really cares and genuinely loves the sport and loves watching a team being built from the ground up because there is no reason anybody would have (laughs) anybody in their right mind would have followed this team this year if they were expecting some sort of run at a playoff berth it's the only the only people left that are like following the Mariners right now are people who really like I think intuitively understand the game and understand how a roster needs to be constructed and I think that for those people this year, I don't need to convince them about anything because I think for those people, they have been convinced by the success of the minor league system jumping up from last to in the into the top third. From young players like J.P. Crawford flashing to showing great defense, Shed Long showing what he can do, even guys like Donnie Walton who were nothing prospects showing that he might be a valuable utility guy, even to guys like Austin Nolan and Tom Murphy. Like that. And that right there should be enough to convince anybody who actually knows the sport. Now, if it's if you're asking me to convince people who think that you know the Mariners should go out and sign Garrett Cole this offseason, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that, and I don't think anyone would ever be able to realistically do that. So I wouldn't even like waste my breath. But for the people who really know baseball and understand intuitively what's going on, it's actually a pretty special moment. In, in the in the franchise's history because this is the first time since we, me and you were young kids where we've kind of just had this opportunity to start fresh and start clean and really build something that's not just going to be oh let's just shoot for a wild card game to placate the fans but like let's try and build a consistent contender like the Dodgers or like the Astros and that's the way you build a baseball team not like this oh let's just duct tape all the holes until and, and hope that we can save our jobs for another year
0: well said, well said. Yeah, this is, uh, these are exciting times and, and just not in the, I mean, like I said, from an East Coast perspective, awesome, because I, I you know, the, the outcome of uh, a, a Wednesday night game against the Oakland A's doesn't matter. I don't have to stay up for it. Right. That. Um, yeah, for
1: you, it's wonderful
0: but its is, it is a it's an investment, and you know any good business any any anything worth its its long term longevity would do the same thing here and and reinvest in in the future and do whatever it takes um to create a sustainable product uh rather than just a patchwork one that's gonna get passed by 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 other sustainable operations going forward. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been thoroughly impressed just with the development of these prospects with the attention and the complete, you know, two Lord of the Rings, that, uh, references here and one, but thinking of the, the Sauron's eye of how this, the, everything was focused on the playoffs, uh, the, the mm-hmm. immediate next season's playoffs, um, for the entire DePoto regime. And really, like I said, are, you know, since 2001 it has really felt that way. Uh, but for the first time that eye going farther down the line looking at, the 2021 window, the 2022 window. And looking
1: holistically at your whole franchise top to bottom, not just the health of your major league team, but the health of every single affiliate below them.
0: Yes. Investing in those guys, making, making, and even from a marketing perspective, making sure that we knew who Evan White was. We knew who, Mm -hmm. who Logan Gilbert was, that all of these things were celebrated uh, the Root Sports telecast of the the the, uh, the Arkansas uh, Travelers playoff game I thought was genius. That
1: was the most fun. I'm glad you brought that up. That was the most fun I had watching the Mariners
0: all year. Exactly. Watching that game. You have you have Jerry Depoto in the box. Um, he knows that this this thing matters. That that getting people's um, you know eyes Excited off about of
1: the future. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Eyes off of the major league team for a little bit. Focus on the guys that are going to be you know household names in a couple years. Um, I've been impressed, and maybe I'm just a dumb idiot. And sales worked on me here, and marketing worked on me with the with the Mariners. But, uh, but uh, it, I, no, I don't know. No, I think it's, you'd be it's, a dumb
1: idiot if you expected the team to be good this year. Like, you have to you have to take your you have to enjoy the parts of the franchise that are good right now, and that's the minor league system is really good right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to enjoy that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, not for nothing. I, I'll I think I'd take this over. Wow, it was pretty cool that we had three guys, you know, go for 30 and 100.
1: Like mm-hmm. it was three, three
0: or four years ago when that was that was kind of the big big takeaway in a in a mm-hmm. missed missed playoff season. Um so, yeah, this is this is good and and uh even from the the perspective of this podcast, it's it's a much more robust podcast when you can talk about every la- level of uh of the minors rather than just Yeah, look at
1: this. This is a 2-hour wrap-up podcast pretty much. And because we had so much to say about so many young, exciting players. Yes,
0: I'm into it. Um, all right. Now that you said two hours, makes me think we uh, should probably sign off, yeah. get, give, the, yeah. give these people's ears a break. But, Phil, appreciate you doing this. Appreciate the uh, the hospitality at Carmine's. Uh, we'll have to hop back on in uh, maybe a month or so if, once yeah. something happens, maybe a little figure World Series when, talk.
1: Yeah, figure out when we're going to do it. But, yeah, note to the listeners who really love – Hearing the Mariners stuff from me and you is probably going to be, you know, more sparse until next year, right? I think
0: I think they're okay with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least at least dark crowd. But uh, but yeah, thanks for doing this one more time, and uh, we'll talk we'll talk again soon.
1: Yep. Uh, say hi to Abby for me.
0: We'll do. Peace, brother.
1: Bye.